if you don't have a reason to grow your own practice, then when you get up in the morning, you're going to look at your to-dos. You're going to start doing work and building out that document and that contract. And you're not going to get away from your desk and do the things you need to do because you don't have a reason to do it. You're listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Each episode, your host, author, and lawyer coach, Steve Fretzen, will take a deeper dive, helping you grow your law practice in less time with greater results. Now, here's your host, Steve Fretzen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Be That Lawyer. I am Steve Fretzen, your host, as the announcer mentioned. Hope you're having a fabulous day. Um, If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know this is all about helping you to be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. And boy, oh boy, do we have a treat for you today. We're doing another amazing double session of Be That Lawyer Coaches Corner. We have some of the top legal minds uh, in business development and marketing, time management, and getting your attitude straight uh, from around the country that are going to be here to share their wisdom. We're going to be taking live questions from a live audience who's with us. And um, it's just going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have laughs. We're going to learn stuff. And uh, and don't be shy if you're if you're in the wings uh, to ask some questions because we're going to make it happen for you. We're going to make sure you walk away with uh, a page of notes and five to 10 great takeaways that you can start implementing right away. I think most of the people that are on the, all the people that are hit with us today would would say, we're not going to be talking about, you know, 20,000 foot strategy, you know, methodology things. We're going to be talking about actionable, tactical things that you can do to grow your book of business. So that's really what we're going to focus on. And obviously we'd love to get into this, but we always, of course, have to thank our wonderful sponsors who we love. Um, we've got Steph with Money Penny. And Steph, you want to say hello and tell us a little bit about Money Penny real quick? Yes. Hello, everybody. I am Stephanie Vaughan Jones from Money Penny. We are the virtual receptionist and live chat experts supporting law firms like yours every day to ensure you never miss a new lead. We help you maximize your time effectively whilst delivering an exceptional and personalized service to your clients. It's really simple. You divert your inbound calls to us and your Money Penny receptionist and their team will answer the calls and transfer the caller to the right place or take a message. Our managed web chat service works in a very similar way, so all of your chats are just the overflow. And live chat is an awesome way to capture and convert more leads via your website, and it offers a really discreet way for customers to communicate with you in real time. If you would like an exclusive two-week trial, then please feel free to contact me directly and quote Fretton, and you can reach me on svj at moneypenny.com. Thank you very much. Stephanie, what do we think of those phone trees? We love phone trees. <laughs> They're okay if they work, if, if there's a person at the other side of them, but, but technically Money Penny will answer the call and give you a human voice every time. Honestly, I was hoping you were going to say phone trees suck because they do and we hate them. So Money Penny's the way to go, everybody. Steph, you agree? Thank you. Yeah, most definitely. Just getting you to nod with me. All right, that works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fantastic. We've got another great sponsor. We've got Anthony with Practice Panther. Talk to us about it. Absolutely. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks for having us all here today. We are excited to be a part of Coach's Corner and hear from some of the industry's best and brightest. As many of you probably know, Practice Panther is the all-in-one practice management solution trusted by tens of thousands of attorneys to efficiently manage and automate their firms. Our native feature set is packed with cutting-edge functionality that allows firms to streamline intake, automate workflows, manage billing, process payments, 
and more without ever leaving the platform. This can all be done with just a few clicks of your mouse because Practice Panther is the most intuitive and easy-to-use legal software out there. Yeah, and I'll tell you, that's... Oh, I'm sorry, there's more. There is more because we've been longtime friends with you, Steve, and we want to help support law firms so they can easily accomplish their goals and focus on growing their practice. It's, it is why we're going to offer a unique discount for all the listeners here today. 50% off for your first three months. Head over to practicepanther.com slash be that lawyer to learn more and book a demo with our experienced practice management advisor. Nice. That's great. I love discounts with my name attached to them. People can think, can think uh, kindly of both of us. I was going to say that the, the, the feedback I get on Practice Panther pretty regularly is it's the easiest to kind of set up and get into real quickly versus you know, taking a ton of time and training and effort to, to get started. So kudos to Practice Panther. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, Steve. Awesome. And we would not be be that lawyer without Greg with Legalese Marketing. How's it going, Greg? Hey, Steve. Thanks for having us. Uh, at Legalese Marketing, we help the right firms get the right attention from the right people. So we make sure that you're utilizing your CRM in the best way to leverage that data that's coming in through all of your intake processes and have actions on the back end and automations on the back end to help you nurture relationships a whole lot better because we all know you only work with people you like. So you need to have more people like you. No one cares about your firm. They care about you. And so really, it's about building that book of business through really smart information that you're collecting through your processes. So if anyone has any questions, we're always available, legalesemarketing.com. And uh, as always, thanks for having us, Steve. Yeah. And people are always complimenting me on my um, amazing automations and all the ways that I'm connecting and making sure I get people into my podcast and following through. And that's all legalese, working with Lawmatics and getting my automations squared away so I don't even have to think about it. So great stuff there. Love the sponsors and I appreciate you guys so much uh, being a part of the show, you know, week after week, month after month. Um, but we're going to get into the weeds now on legal business development and marketing and all that for lawyers. And um, we've got a fantastic panel today. Um, you're going to get to know them through uh, their answers and their responses and the way they're they're handling the questions that are going to be coming our way. Um, we've got Chuki Abio, who is the Managing Director of Business Development at Vetter Price. We've got Sharon V, the Inspired Attorney. Stuart Baum, who's the President of Larger Pond Marketing. And Steve Seckler at Seckler Attorney Coaching. And um, again, all of their information, websites, et cetera, is all going to be in the show notes. And you're going to learn about them and you're going to love them because I do. And they're fantastic. So we're going to get into the weeds. And the easiest way to go is, is to just kind of show me your hand. Let me know that you're interested in answering the question. You can do that through the emoji or through your actual physical hand. And then uh, I'll let uh, kind of let you, you know that you're up and then who's on deck. And that's how we'll kind of get through these answers one by one. And again, if you're sitting as an attendee today, this is the time to start writing into the chat the things that you want answered today. And I've already got three ready at the ready, but we're going to get another three to five, I hope, uh, posted up so that we're ready to go. All right. The first one I have uh, is pretty standard and pretty much, you know, what we're dealing with every day, which is how does the busy attorney get started with business development? Like how does somebody who's busy billing hours, doing all the attorney work, actually get started to start building that book of business or continue building the book of business. I have some follow-up questions on that, but what do you guys feel is the best way to just flat out just, how do I get started doing it? Who'd like to start, jump in on this one? All right, Steve Seckler, let's go, buddy. I have a hunch that a lot of you are having trouble, the rest of my panelists are uh, wondering if they should answer the question because of the same thing that I was thinking, which is there's a lot of ways 
to get into this. And it doesn't really matter that much where you start, but I think for younger attorneys, the starting point should be starting to develop a niche, trying to figure out what it is that you want to focus on, who you're trying to serve. And a lot of that is just by experimentation. You could do that also by looking at what are some of the partners who you admire if you're a junior lawyer in your firm, uh, what they're doing and trying to emulate them. As a young lawyer, again, I'm focusing just on the young lawyers. I'll leave it to the rest of the panelists to kind of go in the, the other direction. Um, you know, the, the great thing about being a younger lawyer is that there isn't a lot of pressure generally to generate business. So just connecting with your college friends, your law school friends, and your friends who have gone into business, just getting to know people in the communities that you're interested in doing work, that's a great way to start. And then finally, I think that a very obvious thing that a lot of lawyers do when they're getting started is to start doing some writing, maybe a little bit of speaking to start to develop a niche. Yeah. Really good sound advice there, Steve. Thanks so much. Let's go to Stuart. Yeah, great, great ideas there on that. Um, so I'm going to go on a different approach. I mean, I'm going to channel my inner Simon Sinek here and say, start with the why. Uh, one of the things I work with on the young, younger associates or younger lawyers is, why do you want to develop business? What's in it for you? What are your goals here? Um, and then put together a quick game plan. I mean, when you think about why have business, and I mean, the idea of talking to the other more senior lawyers who've grown their practice and are in the positions where you want to be and say, I want to be like her or I want to be like him. Why is that? And then, you know, they're going to say, here's what I got out of it. Um, for me, one of the big things is, and I say this, I know you're all going to take it the wrong way, but I do that is, I think the idea is, I think, I, I think the income partner is dead right now. I think you're either an associate or you're, or, or you're a real partner at a firm. Because income partners, we can find them while they're making good money. They're, you know, as things get slow, they're the ones that are slowly moved off of the corners. Um, but if you're an equity partner, it's because you control your own business. It's because you control your own career. You now have, you know, you're an entrepreneur that has control of your own future, your growth, which firm you go to, you get to make those decisions. And that's generally one of the big reasons why you want to have your own business. Why you want to have your own, why, why you only have your own practice. And yes, absolutely find the niche, find that thing you're good at that separates you. Um, and I'll double down on that because it's really fabulous advice past the why is, you know, we always say it's like, hey, I know a lawyer. Everybody knows a lawyer. We know millions of them. But do you know the one that can really knock this specific pitch out of the park? So if that pitch comes across the plate, you want that lawyer behind the plate swinging at it. Be that lawyer, to channel the name of this, that can hit that pitch out of the park and let people know that if you're looking at that type of curveball, I'm your person. That niche you talk about, and then speak to those specific things. But as I say, it starts with the why. If you don't have a reason to grow your own practice, then when you get up in the morning, you're going to look at your to-dos. You're going to start doing work and building out that document and that contract, and you're not going to get away from your desk and do the things you need to do because you don't have a reason to do it. Yeah. No reason, no motivation. It's pretty straightforward. Good stuff there, man. How about Chuki? Yes. So I completely resonate with what Stephen and Stuart have laid out. Uh, and I do think, you know, I even sort of took some notes uh, in that regard. So Steve, this is something you and I have talked about, right? One of the secret sort of superpowers that attorneys have is documentation. So I would say start there. 
documents. So I, what does that actually look like? So put together a plan, just, you know, put pen to paper and that plan could start with a passion statement or a mission statement. And just, you know, picking up on some of the items that Stuart and Stapen talked about, maybe there's some principles there that you could have as just part of that plan. It doesn't have to be overly sophisticated, maybe just a couple of bullet points. But I think what that documentation exercise does for you is it creates an automatic accountability channel where once you see that written plan, in some ways, there's a social contract that you've made with yourself about really putting in the time, the effort, the commitment to start to drive some progress in your business development efforts. So I would just say document. Yeah. And I think there's probably some form of a of a attitude or emotional or or um, you know mindset piece to it, and I just wonder if, if Sharon's got an opinion about that. How's that for a setup, Sharon? And I, I love what you set me up, Steve. So I will say I love everything that everyone said, and for sure, like there has like from like a mindset piece, I, I was it kind of goes into what I wanted to share. It's just discover who you like to serve, discover what you love to do. And once you can get into that place where you're like, this is who I love to serve, this is what I love to do, and you can get yourself charged up about that, then you can get yourself charged up about all those amazing people that help those people that you serve. Because no matter what we do, it's all about people and it's all about relationships. One of the most important lessons I learned is that good people hang out with good people. And the same thing is with business development. Like, look at this group of people that were we're here together today. And that is because of the relationships that we've curated. And so when you can also, going from that, when you can discover who your ideal client is, you can get excited about it. But also like from like a mindset perspective, also allow yourself to create um, a mindset that, you know, when you're going into these interactions with people, that it's going to be an amazing interaction. If it doesn't work out, then it's working out for the best. And I think always it's good to try and see the best in people in the sense of giving people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I was going to throw in one more that that I only came across maybe in the last few years, but it's really been a game changer for my clients. And that is find someone that, and this goes to a number of your points and Sharon in particular, that find someone who has a similar attitude, that has a similar type of goals, that that you can become what's called an accountability buddy with. So if there's two people that are associates, partners, whatever the level is, doesn't really matter. You're both committed to growing the book of business. Say, hey, let's meet every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock for an hour and let's show up on a Zoom. Let's say what we're going to do, sending out emails, working on LinkedIn, whatever it might be. Let's hit mute. Let's come back in 45 minutes, 50 minutes, whatever. Say what we did and accomplished. And what you'll find is everything then falls, kind of rolls downhill from there you took care of some of the main stuff that you needed to knock out that normally would have absolutely, not normally, would have absolutely been pushed down to not getting done that week. So having some accountability, someone that has to show up for you and that you have to show up for might be the trick to getting started and keeping consistent with it. So some good, some great points there. Um, Steve, I'm going to, I'm going to move on to the next. Now, here's the interesting thing. I'm taking the answers and the question that we just did. And we're not stopping there. I've actually got two follow-ups that I want to that I want to go through. So we've talked a lot about planning and attitude and accountability and the why and all this great stuff that I think is really important. But one of the challenges I know lawyers have is there's so many different approaches 
to business development. There's so many different things that you can do. Is it playing golf? Is it lunches? Is it a podcast? Is it writing? What is it? And I wanted you guys to kind of chime in on what, where you think a good place is for someone to start or where you feel is a good, a good use of a lawyer's time when there's a hundred different things to do. What, what are you guys seeing are the ones that are getting the best sort of um, um, response and reaction and results? And Steve Sackler, you want to start us off again? Uh, yeah, thanks. And I, I neglected to say at the start that I so appreciate you doing these things, Steve. It's so great to have so many great people to learn from, and we all really, really appreciate that you're inviting us. And as I've said in the past, Steve Fretton is the king of coopetition. So one of the things that I just uh, wanted to react to is something that Chuki said, but it actually relates to the question that you just asked also, Steve, which is that there are tactical questions about all of this. There's sort of like the high level, you know, as Sharon was saying, who do you want to be? As Stuart was saying, what is your why? Chuki said document, and when I when he started to say document, I was thinking, oh, he's going to talk about documenting the conversations you're having with people. And, you know, for somebody like me, maybe some, uh, some of the people out there have great memories. I don't. And so I've really, over the last few years, gotten really, really serious about documenting, writing things down, keeping track of people's family members, even the nature of the conversations that I've had, because it's so easy to circle back to people and completely forget all the things that you spoke about, especially at my age. So uh, in terms of what you should be focusing on, which tactics to use, again, it's, it's the same. It's, it's also, this is also a tactical question, and it goes back to your why, which is your what. Like, what do you like doing? You know, so one of the things that I always talk to the people that I'm speaking to, if I'm talking to a group, is you know, I ask people, how many of you like playing golf? And then if there are 10 people in the room and two people raise their hand, I'll tell the two people that raise their hands, go play golf. It's a great way to spend a lot of time with, with people and get to know them. I don't play golf. I would be like Eeyore on the golf course with a dark cloud over my head. So I'm never going to play golf. I love posting on LinkedIn. I have a podcast like Steve Fretzen. I like writing. I like doing these presentations. Some people are deathly afraid of presentations. So it's finding the techniques and tools that feel most comfortable and authentic to you tactically to sort of mirror what feels most authentic to you strategically about who you want to serve. Yeah. I think putting the why and then the what, and then you're really getting into the things that you're most comfortable with. Let's go to Stuart. And then after that, we'll hit Sharon. Let's see if I can get it right this time. Uh, success. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, thanks for, thanks again. I also want to say it's the same thing as Dean said, is appreciate you doing this. and. Uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to learn from other people here because we all have part of our game and we all get better every day by listening to other experts. So thrilled thrilled this conversation. Um, you know, we we it's called, I guess, the hedgehog theory to get to what we're just talking about is a triple Venn diagram of what are you good at, what do you enjoy, and what makes you money. And if you put that into business development, it's like, what do you enjoy doing in business development? Um, if you put me on the golf course, I think I would be Eeyore as well here is, I wouldn't enjoy it. I always tell people, I'll see you at the 19th hole and I'll be there early. So, you know, hurry up um, because I enjoy sitting around with drinks and chatting with people. Um, and then it's like, well, does that work for me? The good news is that works for me. It helps me get business. So, you know, I bumped into, I've been working with a lawyer for years and he doesn't like writing. He doesn't like networking. He's a little bit awkward, but he's really good on the stage in very specific groups, back to that find your niche comment made earlier. 
He's really good at that. So he can go to literally like a bankruptcy convention, take talk on a small stage, and have three or four people say, hey, something you said made me think I need to hire you and leave with business. So he enjoys it. He's good at it. And it brings in the matters. And so for him, and the things like Stephen, I mean, we've talked about this before, there's 400 things you can do. And every lawyer in the corner office will say, if you do what I did, you'll get what I got. 100% untrue. You are not them. You don't have their network. You don't like whatever it is. Golfing will we'll rag on golfing today. You don't like golfing. So there's no way you're going to get business on the golf course getting your country club buddies because you don't have country club buddies and you don't like golf. But you really like sitting at a bar drinking and talking about wine with other people that like that. Brings in the business. Go for it. Do it. It'll work. But if you sit at your desk with a, with you on, on your computer, typing away on that contract, you're never going to get new business. Yeah. Really, really good stuff there. Sharon? I, I'm just going to interject and say it's funny that everyone's ragging on golf when the Masters is this weekend. <laughs> um, just a little side note. Um, but yeah, like rounding out the discussion with that, what I want to also say is that one of the points that Stuart brought up, look at what you don't like to do. And that I think one of the easiest places to start is what do I not like to do? And then it shows you also what you like to do. But then I will challenge you and say, look at what you don't like to do and then start asking yourself what and how questions like, how does it make you feel? Uh, what do I not like doing about it? Because just because you don't like doing something doesn't mean it won't be something that you won't that you won't enjoy. It's quite possibly that there are hidden fears there that you just don't know and you haven't explored yet. And there could be a gold mine behind that opportunity. So I would challenge you to also put yourself out there and experience new things and allow yourself to challenge yourself um, in those ways. Um, because once you start doing that, you could unlock potential that you didn't know was there. Yeah. Spot on. Spot on. Chuki. Yes. So just in the spirit of gratitude, Steve, uh, again, a million thanks for how you continue to be at the tip of the spear for legal business development. So I wanted to make sure we register that. It's funny, the last time I was on, Steve, I called you to the godfather of legal business development. So and now like a new thing is a king of, uh, so what'd you say, or is it Steven? King of co-optition. Oh yeah. Co-optition. Yeah, right. co that is interesting. So we keep inventing new words to describe Steve's just uh, ability to drive inside. So one of the things that I'll say on this, I mean, this is really important. So when we start to think of how, and just picking up on one of the questions in the chat, so things to avoid from a business development perspective, I think it makes sense to practice a, a little bit more self-compassion. I think attorneys are inundated with expectations from management, expectations from clients, expectations from colleagues. I mean, it's just a lot right? Oftentimes in that cloud, it's very difficult to really figure out what you're truly passionate about. So I think we should just register the fact that there's got to be a time, a prolonged time commitment to really figure out what one's truly passionate about. I don't think it's a month exercise or a six-month exercise. I think it takes years to really drill down on that. So I did just want to insert that point, Steve, just from a long-term perspective, as opposed to a very kind of short-term angle. Yeah. I want to mention something. Uh, Rudy's in the uh, uh, in the in the uh, attendees here today, and he he meant just doing a good job goes a long way to getting and keeping business. And there's absolutely no one that's going to argue that point. I will say something to add on to that, though. Um, I thought for years, um, my father's a retired lawyer, eighty eight Larry the lawyer down in Marco Island, 
And uh, I interviewed him on my show, um, on the show, uh, the 200th episode. If you guys want to check out my interview with Larry, the lawyer, it was quite fun. But I always thought because he was the smartest guy in the room, and I thought because he was the best lawyer in town, that he just, that's how he got business. And then it's interesting in the interview, it came out that he was building relationships at the courthouse. He was building relationships by being the president of, the, of, my, of my school board when I was going up in, in, in junior high and everything. He was the president of the school board that he was actually doing a lot of relationship building and networking. It just wasn't called that. So I think that it's it's the bare minimum to do a great job. That's the baseline of what I think you need to, to be successful. Then on top of that, with all the great comments mentioned about finding your like alley, finding your angle, where you're going to fit in that's going to make sense for you to build relationships, to grow business, to get your brand built, et cetera. And uh, for some people like Steve Seckler, right, it's LinkedIn and the podcast for others, uh, the 19th Hole Stewart, right? You're out there, you know, waiting for everybody to come off drunk so you can talk to them about working with you, you know, whatever we got to do. Um, the the, the follow-up to this, to this um, question, because I mentioned it was now like a three-parter, was, all right, this all sounds great. Business development, finding an approach, finding your why, going after it, but, but finding the time and like, how do we split up our time? And I think this was um, a great question asked, I want to say by Carrie, um, about how do you decide how much time to split up or how do you figure out like how much time you should insert into the business development marketing piece versus just kind of winging it and hoping that things go well. Stuart? I think Stephen had his hand on. I don't want to like Go first, Holt. No, no, you're going to go, and then I'm going to make him second because he's gone first twice, and I don't want to. I don't want to seem like a you know teacher okay. situation. So I will come back to the uh, the time thing, um, but I do want to say as I played this experiment with two law firms that I had a privilege in sort of using as guinea pigs early in my career. The experiment was I had all the lawyers there tell me who the best best lawyers that that firm were, the best draftman, the one that if you had a contract, you would give it to and say need to write a document. Who would you give it to? And then who are the best business developers? It was not the same list. So being the best lawyer does not mean you are the best business developer. Um, and so what I keep hearing is like, you know, doing a good job. It's, it's the only thing. To, to Fred, Steve Fretzen's point, it is the ante. And as someone who consumes probably more legal than I want, I think most people do, I don't know what a good job is until it needs to be tested. And when it needs to be tested, then I learn, hey, that was actually a much better job than I thought. And yet, people get referrals whether or not they do a great job. So I sort of push back on that because I think doing a good job is nice, but it is not going to get us back to the do the, the marketing thing. Um, as far as finding the time, it's less time than you think. If you block out two hours of business development to set up lunches, breakfast, write that blog article, prepare that speech, set it up, two hours to get started, lock it in every single week, set up maybe 30 minutes early in the morning, 7 a.m., because you're going to send out emails early, to connect with people using the documentation that you were told to set up before. Hey, how do you know? I know that you're excited about the masters. Did you, you know, whatever, just that type of stuff that will get you started. Um, and then the last thing on this is back to the why is that the, the numbers we've built out in years of looking at the ROI of this is generally you can expect two and a half times better return to your business development than to your billable hour. 
So when you do the math on it, the hour you spend on business development, even if you're not great at it, is worth two and a half times more to you in the short term, just getting the matters in the door, than is actually billing the matter. So it's the why of easy to say, I'm going to work on this document because I know I can make X hundred dollars. However, multiply that by two and a half. That's the value of spending an hour on business development. Well, so you've got the you've got the business development two and a half time rule. Then you've got the billable hours where they make their money. And if maybe there's all the other stuff, right? That we we're not going to get into now. But like, there's all that other stuff that's floating around. That's 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 probably the biggest problem of them all. Uh, Steve, you want to take a shot? There's a theory in in coaching that you know people we're all about making change. We're getting people to make change. And if you just scold somebody and tell them you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough push-ups, that's not going to motivate people. You got to get them thinking about the vision. And it's not hokey. It really is. It's, you know, it's the mindset stuff that we're talking about. So once you start thinking more about and, and having a vision of, well, I really would like to be that lawyer. Okay. Now you could start thinking about how do I get there? So that's a, actually a really good starting point. Uh, and then of course, what Stuart was saying just about blocking off the time, um, you know, you'll be more motivated, but don't think about, I have to generate a million dollars this year. It's like, am I going to lose a hundred pounds this year? I can lose maybe a pound a week, you know? So you start off with smaller goals and breaking it down into smaller goals that you could accomplish in 30 minutes a day or three hours a week. Uh, yeah. Good, good advice and sound. Uh, let's go to Sharon. When we're talking about this is look at your priorities, you know, you can just like what Steve was talking about with his dad, what his dad did is he found ways to develop business that was harmonious with the life that he was living. So it can be, it can be an investment in your time that also works with the life that you're living. And then also, I will ask you also to look at your motives when you're speaking to people. We all know that conversation that we, I think we've all had that conversation with someone where basically they've just reached out to you just because they simply just want you for something in terms of like business development. There's really, it doesn't really seem like that person wants to develop a genuine connection with you. Um, it just really feels, you kind of feel used after the call. I'm not going to, I think we can all relate to that. And I think if you also approach these situations from the motive of like, I'm genuinely interested in getting to know this human being, what can I do? How can we find ways um, to work together? How can I find ways to support them and I can utilize my superpowers to their benefit? Um, then also that investment of time is so much easier to invest because you're excited to do it. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It's always easier to do things if we're either going to enjoy them or we feel comfortable doing them and, and we don't have to necessarily, you know, change the whole world to do it. So right on the money. The thing about time from my perspective is it's like the the most important resource a lawyer has, right? So if you're not finding every opportunity to be efficient with your time, and I would say to go so far as to say, you know, study time management, you know, read getting things done, read atomic habits, become a, a student of time management, because if that's how you're judged based on billable hours and based on a building business through the time that you have allotted to do that, and you're just kind of winging it day after day without any kind of real way of managing time and being efficient, then you're really not, you know, as billable and as, as, as productive as you could be. So I, every client I work with, I send getting things done is like part of my curriculum. Like you need to learn this because how are you going to do the stuff? And then the other thing I just want to share is I'll ask a lawyer, like, you know, how many hours are you billing a week? Does that ebb and flow? And if they're saying, Hey, I'm billing 30 hours a week, I go, and 
How many hours can you devote to business development a week? Oh, I can devote 10. All right. Can you do any more than that? Yes. No. All right. So now we have 10 hours to work with. How are we going to make that the most effective time possible to bring in the business, the, the largest deals, the most interesting deals, the, the best people, whatever it might be? So I think it's really about, about understanding how much time you can allot for it and set aside for it and then work, work that through to figure out like what the results could be if we leverage that time like effectively. Well, listen, everybody, that's going to wrap up part one of the two-part series of Be That Lawyer Live Coaches Corner. I want to thank you for joining us and uh, hopefully you got a lot of great takeaways to help you be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. Take care, be safe, be well. We will talk again soon. Thanks for listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Visit Steve's website, fretson.com, for additional information and to stay up to date on the latest legal business development and marketing trends. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out today's show notes.